0: Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Giants. Your Daily New York Giants Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello New York Giant fans and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina. Happy Monday to you. It is the 26th of April and guess what folks? It is draft week. Yes, we finally made it. We're going to have the NFL draft starting Thursday, 8 o'clock, we are finally going to have the conclusion of what's been three, four long months of uh, draft speculation, mock drafts, everything. I feel like it's the end of a series, you know, a television season series, um, and just you know the grand conclusion that comes up. But uh, we're going to be counting down to the draft. We're going to have guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. And I can't think of a better way to kick off the new week than having a good friend of mine, a Whose work I really respect on the program with me, Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan joins me on today's podcast. Emery, thanks so much for the time.
1: Always a pleasure, Pat. Glad to be on the show,
0: Emery. We're counting down. We're, we're so close. Since I ha- last had you on the show, there w- there was uh, some movement in the top of the uh, uh, of the draft. Um, with the eagles trading and and, and whatnot. Um, there's also been some speculation about quarterbacks and the number of quarterbacks are going that are gonna go in the first round. What are you hearing? what are you anticipating as far as how many quarterbacks are gonna go and what prospects potentially will be pushed down to the Giants at number eleven?
1: You know, i think we'll see five quarterbacks go, maybe four in the top five and you know every draft has that run on position so you'll see, The quarterbacks push down prospects to, let's say, the Bengals at pick five, and then you may see a small little run on wide receivers, or uh, I would say receivers, but you know you talk about Kyle Pitts there as well as the wide receivers, which kind of pushes down maybe some premier offensive linemen. So by the time we get to the Giants pick at eleven, you may see, you know, one of the three top tier offensive linemen there. You talk about. Uh, you know, Rashawn Slater, you're talking about someone like Christian Darasaw, who should be there, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, people like so. You, you the Giants are sitting in a really good spot because you know, if now, if one of the, the top tier quarterbacks, whatever, let's say Fields or Lance fall and they're there at 11, which I don't see, Giants are in an interesting spot. Do you take the quarterback or do you trade out the spot? And we know Gettleman. Made a joke about it yesterday about not trading back. But either way, the Giants, I think, are in a good spot to where they can get their picks and chooses from, you know, top offensive linemen, a top-tier cornerback if they want to go that route, top-tier receiver, or top-10 defensive playmaker. So they're in a really good spot in the draft for this year, in my opinion.
0: Do you think, Emory? I mean, Panay Sewell is, is probably the number one ranked offensive lineman I think we can both agree on that there's been some question though as to whether or not Rashawn Slater who you know I think is the number two rated offensive lineman but you know there's some speculation is he a guard is he a tackle where do you play him when you have that kind of uncertainty if he's on the board at number 11 do you take him or do you go with more of a of a sure thing
1: you know and I have a higher grade on Slater than I do Panay Sewell um, because of Slater's versatility but you know that's an interesting question because you look at man the Giants you can always use an offensive lineman right uh, but when you look at a, a need and I know people are you know hell-bent on saying you don't draft for need but man you know you draft a lineman and you draft Slater he's automatically I believe you're starting left guard now does that push you know, someone like Shane Lemieux's development down uh, to to an afterthought. You know, or do you trust uh, Slater to hold his own on the right side, which he played at at Northwestern as well? Uh, but what does that mean for Matt Pert and, and what in his development? So I, I think there's an interesting debate to 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 have there. However, if if you have a higher grade on Slater than you did, which you probably will have on. Parrott and also Lemieux, then you make that that pick, you know, and I think that's a situation where it's about building up front. It's about finding speed at the second level of the defense. So I think the Giants could find themselves, you know, getting a guy like Slater because he has that versatility. And we both know that uh, the NFL, which is so different than college, it's always about maximizing the 53 Slash 46 on game day. And if you can maximize that with someone that can do great at both tackle and guard, and we know how thin the offensive line is on game day, then you you kind of almost have to make that pick.
0: Emery, let's just stick with the offensive line for a second here because. You know, you you played the game and you've obviously done a lot of scouting of the prospects and everything like that. So I've got to ask you this question because I'm not really sure how it's going to play out if I'm being totally honest with you. At left guard, you know, they have a career left guard in Will Hernandez, who I don't think has ever played right guard in his life at any level. Shane Lemieux, I know um, last year when he was preparing for the draft, I think he was getting some work at center. He was also, I think, dabbling with right guard. I don't know how far he got in his transition. A lot of people think that, you know, Hernandez and and Lemieux are going to slug it out for left guard, and whoever wins uh, gets the starting job, and whoever doesn't win goes to right guard. I don't know that it's that simple. I mean, or am I just overthinking the whole situation?
1: No, you're definitely on the right track, because remember, they also brought in Zach Fulton who you know, started some games with the Texans and you know was a, a veteran. And they love Kyle Murphy, who they've been developing last year out of Rhode Island, who can also play center as well as guard um, and even also can play tackle in the pinch. But I think they like Lemieux. I think Lemieux kind of fits what they want to do up front. Uh, we saw him have some bright spots last year, kind of help really solidify the offensive line. Um, I think the I man out, you know, unfortunately, maybe Hernandez. So if you are going to go offensive line, I think you pencil the rookie in as a starter, number one. And if Lemieux can't beat out Hernandez, then it's more of an indictment on Lemieux, you know, considering that this this is the regime that drafted Lemieux. So they kind of want him to beat out Hernandez and, and get the type of uh you know offensive line they want. So I think Hernandez is really in a no win situation, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he's also in the final year of his contract. So, uh and that was a question I raised with Dave Gettleman when I when we were on the conference call with him on Thursday. I said, "Look, you know, you've got four guys on the offensive line who are all signed really through this year. Chances are you're not going to re-sign all of them and you probably don't want to leave yourself with, you know, with a gaping hole and not have any, you know, talent in the pipeline." And, you know, Dave said that it's a factor. He agreed it's a factor and he says, "You know, look, you can you can definitely move people in and out of the lineup uh, and churn the bottom of the roster but uh i don't know to me it just seems like after the giants invested so much in the offensive side of the ball to get the playmakers that that, that daniel jones lacked last year to not know exactly what you're going to do with that offensive line that to me just sounds you know unlike the giants to be honest with you do you agree
1: yeah i think uh, it almost as you're talking through it you know it almost sounds like offensive line will be the pick, you know, uh, because you look at where else they can go edge rusher. There's only maybe two guys that I would trust taking with pick 11 as far as edge rushers are concerned, but there's like, you know, eight linemen that I would take, you know, there's a good crop of tackles and or guards that I would take. Uh, So it's almost like when you look at, Obviously, they, they last year they invested heavily. You know, you draft Thomas, you draft Parrot, you you bring in Kyle Murphy as an undrafted free agent, you keep him on the roster, you draft Lemieux in the fifth round. Um, so they love what they drafted last year. I thought they did a great job in in drafting those three guys and bringing in that fourth guy Murphy as an undrafted free agent. And so it, it's almost like this would this pick could be the final piece to what they they envision envision for that that front. You know, you got Gates at center, right? And they can still add depth or what have you um, on on a, you know, in the back end of the draft. But they got their left tackle, they drafted, they got their right tackle, they drafted, they got a guard, they drafted in Lemieux. They, you know, kind of handled their, their own on, on Gates and kind of moved him in there and he thrived at center. So it's almost like, hey, we got to draft now our, you know, franchise, another franchise guard. So it's almost like this draft, whether it's in the first round or second round, they're going to take a lineman that they envision being the starter. And if, one of the, the top tier linemen that have versatility, you're talking about Rashawn Slater. Um and maybe a little bit high for Elijah Vera Tucker, although I think he's a tremendous prospect, could play guard and tackle. You know, it's up to them to decide which one of these guys do we see as our franchise guard. And uh I think that's where they could potentially lean uh with that that the 11th pick.
0: You're listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest Emery Hunt, a football game plan. We're going to be back after this with more from Emery. Stay with us.
2: What is good, Giants fans? Listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering complimentary bottles to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231 231- 231. That's draft DRAFT to 231 231. This unique man boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass as well. There's a reason that Nugenix has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. Simply put, it works. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo. Their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply.
0: Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your sportsbook expert. All right, welcome back, Giant fans, to segment two of the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Train, and my special guest today is Emery Hunt. Of football game plan. Happy to have him with us. And this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lock On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. And let's get back now to our interview with Emery Hunt. Good friend of ours from the f- football game plan. And Emery, you know, let's go back to the Giants and pick number 11. Now, we know Dave Gettleman has never traded down. And by the way, he kind of spoke about that quote unquote urban legend about how he has an aversion to, p- to trading down. But when you look at the picks on the board, and I'm sure you have your own big board, do you see a scenario where it is possible? That when the Giants go on the clock, there may be I don't know six or seven players with similar grades to where that that are also fits. I should add that to where the Giants could potentially say, you know what, let's try to trade down. Let's try to you know beef up our our draft stock if not this year for next year.
1: It's definitely a possibility because when you think about what happened this year, you know, in the obviously we're in a global pandemic and you know, you have a lot of the, a lot of guys in college kind of use what the NCAA gave them as, or well, to their advantage. They gave them a free year. So guys, a, a ton of guys went back to school just to, just to put some numbers to it. Um, and when I thought we wasn't going to have a college football season, now I started my, my draft scouting process, right. Cause you had nothing else to do. Um, so I had 80 quarterbacks graded, right. Um, thinking that we weren't going to have a college football season and, all these guys just going to be in a draft, right? So as the season went on and guys started to opt back into the season and, and push off uh, to, you know, their draft year to next year I had to remove 50 guys off that list and put them back in, in the pot for 2022. So imagine, you know, that multiplied by 11 positions, right? Uh, or 22 positions. So, you think about the amount of talent that will be in the 2022 draft class. This year, you're going to have a good deal of talent uh, and it's going to push some people that probably would have been undrafted free agents, those priority free agents, up into the sixth seventh round. Um, so I, I said all that to say this, it will probably be in your best interest to have more than seven picks in the 2022 draft because it's going to be a wealth of talent. Um, You're going to find starters in the sixth round, I believe, in 2022. Uh, So, yeah, if they have an opportunity to move down uh, three spots in this year's draft to pick up two picks in 2022, I would probably highly consider that, especially if they have, like, like you said, eight guys with the same grade on their big board that they can get two picks later.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Emery. I mean, a lot of people look at, you know, just the current year and they say, oh, we only have six picks. But Gettleman did say he's fine with six picks this year. And, you know, to me, it would make sense because, you know, they they signed over a dozen free agents. So, you know, it's not like they're necessarily hurting for depth right now. But next year, you know, and remember, they're not going to really get, I don't think, any comp picks next year. So it definitely makes sense if they can to add to their cash next year
1: yeah think about this too and I'm glad you brought up the the depth on the roster when we, we we become infatuated with draft picks um but a lot of times when you look at these teams you're like man wh- where were these draft picks fit and for the giant's sake right um you look at this too deep where if you where would you take someone you know and where would you place them they did a great job uh I think up front along the offensive line so you know maybe you can go one player there tight end is deep you know I know they brought in Kyle Rudolph but they like what they got last year from Caden Smith Evan Ingram is still on the roster they brought someone up on the practice squad and Rice and John that they're still developing uh, Talolo was, was out there as well so they got depth there they're not taking anyone there they get Saquon Barkley back healthy they signed Devontae Booker you expect Barkley to be back there for you know the full 16 games or 17 game season now so you don't really want to add a running back there because you signed Devontae Booker Then you look on defense, you know, the secondary, there is no spots in the secondary to add people. So it really limits where this, like what Dave Gettleman said, he's fine with six picks. I think six picks is probably the max you could probably fit on this roster.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I definitely agree. And, uh, you know, it's also going to be curious, curious to see, because, um, they're not probably not going to add a lot of undrafted free agents i don't think they're going to have the cap room number one to do it and number two you know you listen to the gms and and and, and they all say that it's all about the top 150 picks on the board because you know of the of the restrictions that were still in existence with um, you know scouting and getting out the pro days and quote unquote getting your hands on these guys. So I think that's going to be you know uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. That if the Giants do add under after free agents, you know they're going to be legitimate quality and not just camp filler.
1: Yeah, and, and you know last year we saw Nico Lalo step in and play well uh, when he got an opportunity. You know, we saw guys up front along the offensive line. Murphy was someone that they really liked and they kept on the roster. Uh, So you you don't see, you won't have those stories this year uh, because some guys that have opted out will be back even though they may not make the team. But you think about Alalos, you think about, you know, him and and how he was able to have an impact when he got opportunities to play. But in true, in, in reality, with the way they attack free agency this year, that took away some spots for undrafted free agency. It may have taken away a spot for a late round pick. So that's why if they move down, I think it will be more of a 2022 move as opposed to a 2021 one.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you on that, that uh, point there. I mean, just going back again to number 11, I've had people suggest to me that if a Patrick Sertain somehow slips by Dallas, that he could be the pick. Do you see that happening? And if so, where would he fit in?
1: Uh, two great questions. Uh, because if it slips past Dallas, that means Dallas probably decided they got uh, Kyle Pitts, which would be, uh, I mean, just ridiculous amount of offensive firepower. But it also means that the Giants would be sitting there with what, 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 what I believe is one of the top three corners in the draft, but definitely a premier corner. So you, you then ask yourself, how much better is he than a Dory Jackson? You expect a Dory Jackson to be around because you paid him the money. And he's all he's better than a Dory Jackson. He's more consistent, even though he hadn't played it down yet in the NFL, but his tape is better than his collar tape is better than the collar tape of a Dory Jackson. So and a Dory Jackson's coming off of an injury. So and, and I believe with a Dory Jackson, you can kind of move him inside, which means Yes, you take Patrick Sertan uh, because he's tremendous. He gives you a fide 1-8 to James Bradbury, who was outstanding last year. And you can still, and we know we know this, Pat, where the the league is three and four wide receiver sets. So you're going to need corners. And you like the progress that Darnay Holmes made last year. You like what you signed in the Dory Jackson. If you can get back healthy, he has the speed and athleticism to match up. And he's also already your best returner. Um, on the roster or, or one of your best returners. So you can kind of play around with the, with, with your personnel, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's a premier corner. And if you have two number ones, you're already ahead of the curve as far as playing great coverage on the back end.
0: Yeah. Not to mention that'll help out the uh, pass rush.
1: Exactly. Cause now you got guys that, that can, you know, keep it, keep wide receivers entertained. Um, I think, even though the interception numbers don't show it, Tertan has great ball skills and ball instincts, so he can play the ball. Uh, and when you look at what James Bradbury did last year and how now you have a Dory Jackson who has the speed to run with any receiver they want to throw in the slot, um, along with Darnay Holmes, who is an improving, progressing rookie, the secondary would go from very good to great, in my opinion, because you like what you're going to get back And Xavier McKinney, who stepped in. Julian Love still provides very good depth across the board. And they have Logan Ryan and and, and Julius uh, Jabril Peppers as well. So the secondary right now is probably the biggest strength on that defense side of the ball.
0: Oh, no question. I I absolutely agree with you on that. Now, the other topic I want to ask you about for number 11, Waddle. Or Smith. That that seems to be the big, <laughs> the big debate. You know, sort of like tastes great, less, less filling of the seventies right. and eighties.
1: Yeah, I remember those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, when you look at those two prospects, you know, they're playmakers. They're two excellent playmakers. Who's the better fit for the Giants, and why?
1: Yes. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs>
0: both of them right but you can only have one you can only have one so so who are you picking if you have have your druthers
1: oh my god man listen all right let me make a quick case for both if if devonta smith I came into the to the fall season thinking he was more ted ginn than anything and watching him progress this year as a route runner i've now progressed from ted ginn to marvin harrison you know with how well he's been able to run routes and not just deep route so like that's why i thought he was more ted again in the summer because all he did was just run streaks and you know what i'm saying and kept running under these deep balls and you know just taking things to the house i felt like he was one dimensional he showed way more nuance this year winning at the short level of the field intermediate level of the field deep down the field versus press coverage versus zone coverage finding dead voids and and getting himself open outstanding so he would give the giants to be honest a bona fide number one so that's the case for devonta smith for jalen waddle when you watch him and i had i had this take in the summer as well i was like waddle may be the best receiver out the group on that football team because when you watch him his speed is just different it's it's like watching rocket ishmael you know his speed and football pads and ability to accelerate explode re-accelerate pull away from angles it just didn't make sense you knew you were watching something special he would give the giants their fastest most explosive option he's more explosive than slayton he's healthier than john ross uh and so he he may not be straight line fast but we don't know because he didn't run the 40 um but he's right up there with john ross as far as raw speed is concerned uh and you know his ability to make plays uh you can involve him in a wide receiver run game you can have him returning, you know, kicks and punts. You can have him as your deep threat because he tracks the football really well while also pulling away from coverage. So he has the difference making speed that the Sean Jackson type speed and acceleration and ball tracking ability that really changes how you cover him on the defense side of football. So if I had to choose, it all depends on I'm thinking, OK, what do the Giants have? We have somebody with speed. OK, do we have height? Do we have somebody with height. Well, we need someone that can kind of be a, 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 you know, a kind of guy that can work all three levels. Well, both guys can do that. What does Daniel Jones do, do well? Well, I think he works better in rhythm, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Not someone you really want, holding the football, going trying to go deep down the field. So it sounds like it's more Waddle uh, than Smith, if I'm talking myself through it like Dave Gettleman. Although Smith would be a, a great option, I think Smith wouldn't be a good fit here. Because of how they plan on the quarterback. Now, if they plan on moving on from Daniel Jones this year, then you take the best overall talent, which would be Smith, uh, because he would be quarterback, he's not quarterback dependent. But if you're talking about fitting in with what Daniel Jones is doing well right now, it may be Waddle.
0: Yeah, and Waddle can play the slot too, right? Isn't he more of an inside outside guy? whereas um <clears throat> excuse me smith is more of an outside guy
1: they, they, they both that's a good part about their game they can play you know both you know and and i think with with, with slot and outside and and you know flanker split in zxy uh, i think we have to you know bring the conversation toward you can always change the formation to make your inside guy your ex receiver even though he's playing technically inside like a slot but he's on the line of scrimmage um and i think so it, it really doesn't matter, so to speak. I, I do think because they're both versatile, you can you can get away with both, either inside or playing them on the, on the move.
0: You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Traynor and special guest Emory Hunt, a football game plan. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap things up with some more thoughts from Memories. so stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, if you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite a Bilt bar selection, and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal Or, if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BiltBar.com, and enter the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront, during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Happy to have you with us. And the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by On and Odyssey is happening right now, featuring analysis from an NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you most. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Emery Hunt, a football game plan, is with us. If you are not following Emery's work, please check him out. He does a fantastic job. And Emery, let's talk about day two and day three prospects. Those are a little harder to, to project. If you're the Giants, you know, are, are you waiting to day two or day three to take a guard? And where are you getting your pass rusher? Because I, I don't know necessarily if they're going to get it in in the first, you know, the first round.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the trick because I believe guards, you could probably wait until late day two, maybe in the third round. Um, But pass rusher, it's not that many in this, not many elite talents. In my opinion, there's two guys. And that's Jalen Phillips of Miami and Joe Tryon of Washington. Those are the two guys that I would feel comfortable with taking early and you wonder because it's so thin with guys that are productively good at that position it, it, you're going to probably see them get elevated higher you're going to see Jalen Phillips go early um you're probably going to see Tryon go in round 1 maybe toward the back end of round 1 or maybe he he gets he gets elevated into the 20s right and so that puts the Giants in a predicament do they trade back into the first round like they did when they took DeAndre Baker and, and grab one of these pass rushers or do they kind of sit pad and, and punt on pass rusher this year and hope they can get a full season out of O'Shane Zemenez or Lorenzo Carter coming back healthy and, and maybe help let those guys be um, what they expected to, them to be. Cause we, we know Carter had a really good camp last year. He looked like he was turning the corner that Twitch was there and he looked like he was on his way to a breakout season so I think they're in a, a unique spot because of the lack of depth at the the edge rusher, so to speak, and what they want at the position. They can get some guys, you know, in the mid rounds, but they kinda, I feel like they kind of did that last year with Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin. Uh, you know, those are guys that they got that are kind of, you know, the what they look for at the position. So it's, it's unique. If you're going to take one, you probably have to take one at 11. If you're going to wait, you probably want to just go guard and, and you know, round three or round two, instead of trying to uh, take one of these quote unquote lesser uh, yeah, edge rushers guys that just don't really turn, uh, you know, turn the needle for me or move the needle for me.
0: And of course you can never have too many edge rushers. We saw that last year with the giants when they had a rash of injuries that wiped out basically their entire death. And, you know, the other thing to keep in in, in mind here again, Lorenzo Carter is entering a contract year. Oh, Zimenez. um, we're still not sure what what they have in him exactly showed flashes but we still don't know they they uh signed Ifedi, Ifedi, um Odenigbo I hope I said that right um who showed some promise towards the end there with the uh with the Vikings before hitting free agency a lot of what ifs though on that group which is why i wonder if um like you said maybe they punt on you know edge rusher and just go with what they have and uh, you know, just rely on the back end of the defense because I think the back end of the defense, to me, is a little closer to being more "quote unquote" complete than the edge rushers in the front end. When you say,
1: "Yeah, absolutely," and so that kind of helps you out in the sense that all right, we don't have to worry about coverage wise if we could kind of manufacture pressure. And that's why I, th- I believe them resigning Leonard Williams was key because he showed last year that he can, you know, pressure the passer. Um, Dexter Lawrence is an underrated pressure player. Uh, so I think they kind of can you know, work around it because they don't really have – this is uh, this class doesn't really have that one elite rusher, no Chase Young or what have you. But like I said, there's a couple of guys that can get the job done. One guy that's underrated that can rush the pass from the outside, in my opinion, uh, that could be a, a nice little mid-round sleeper is Cam Sample out of Tulane. He can play across the board in any technique, any formation, uh, any defense, and he would be someone um, that they could – quote unquote, luck up on uh, in the middle round, maybe in that second, third round area that can really bring it as a pass rusher. He reminds me a lot of what the Chargers had when they had a uh, Melvin Ingram. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But I think that's someone that will be in that next tier of of pass rushers that really have the ability to get after the quarterback.
0: What about other positions that the Giants might address? Now we can make the argument that, you know, running back, they could probably use another running back. You might be able to make the argument that, you know, they could probably use another defensive lineman because, you know, they're in the same boat as the offensive line where I think they've got four guys that are are in the final year of their contracts. So, you know, where do you where else can you look if you're the Giants? Where is the best value, particularly on day three for them? They only have, um, I think, three picks on day three, the fourth and two sixes. So if you're the Giants, where are you looking at what positions and who do you like?
1: That's a good question. I, I will probably look along the defensive line. Um, you know, I know they brought in Danny Shel- Shelton, but there's some defensive tackles that can kind of help help their 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 ca- case with them. You look at someone like um, Tyler Shelton, another nose tackle. They want to rack up on nose tackles. You know, you kind of can bring him in there and groom him. He was outstanding at LSU. Opted out this past year. You also look at linebacker, inside linebacker. To me. That's the unknown position. If they if they have an opportunity, we, we didn't talk Micah Parsons, but if Micah Parsons is there uh, at 11, that's another guy that you kind of want to consider. So if you're looking at inside linebacker, I'm a big fan of Garrett Wallow out of TCU. He was a high school safety, got to TCU. They transformed him into an inside linebacker. He made every play defensively for TCU. He was outstanding. I think the Giants still need a, a true difference maker on the inside. Speaking of that, in, in that realm, you look at someone like uh, Chas Surratt, the outside linebacker or inside linebacker, it depends on how you want to view him, uh, with North Carolina. He was a quarterback at North Carolina, moved over to the defensive side of football, became you know what we see as an instinctive linebacker, uh, understands pass coverage, fluid in end zone, able to match up man-to-man versus running backs and tight ends. He would give them a really good, uh, you know pairing even if you could find a way to get both him and Garrett Wallow as your two inside linebackers, they kind of give you better versions of Tay Crowder's flashes last year, if that makes sense. Uh, so I would probably go linebacker and defensive line and try to find depth there in the in the in that day three area.
0: What would surprise you the most if the Giants, you know, either did or didn't do something that we're anticipating?
1: I, I think it would surprise me if they chose and not because I don't like the player, it's just that it, you, we've been saying the Giants should do this for probably the better part of a decade. If they took Micah Parsons at eleven, right? We've been talking about the Giants need a linebacker since uh, you know it was in the four three defense, and so now you have an opportunity at just a, a guy that's you know the best at the arguably in the class falls into your lap at pick eleven, and kind of gives you everything you want. He's tall, he's rangy, he's athletic, he can blitz. Um, so man, if they pick him, it would be shocking, not because he's not a good player and would be an outstanding fit is because they finally address linebacker in the first round, you know?
0: Yeah. They haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since, what is it? 84. When they took banks,
1: yep. banks was he's, kind of, he's kind of like banks, he's kind of yeah. like banks, that taller old school linebacker.
0: Yeah, uh, that would be a a, a surprise, too. I I mean, look, Micah Parsons is a good player. I wouldn't mind him on the Giants, but I I just get the – you almost get the impression that the Giants have de-emphasized a little bit that second linebacker because they're in sub-packages so much. But, you know, I also found it interesting, Dave Gettleman, when talking about Joe Judge's influence on the draft, how he specifically mentioned linebacker and how the coaches have been very – clear and very vocal about what characteristics and qualities they want in their linebackers. So I found that very interesting. Um, You know, so I I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, I would be stunned if they draft uh, Mike Parsons. Um, I think Parsons may go later in the first round would be my guess, but uh, you never know. I mean, the, the one position that, and I I just want to quick get your, your quick take on this. As far as the depth of defensive linemen, interior defensive lineman, running back, tight end, we haven't even talked about tight end as a possibility here. But what's your take on on those classes? Are they good classes, or would you punt on those?
1: I would probably punt on those. The one guy that intrigues me, let's say, a tight end, you know, everyone's talking about Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. you know, and rightfully so. Pat Fryermuth is outstanding. He's a, mm-hmm. more of your, he's like Kyle Rudolph, you know, um, inline guy that can run good routes, good hands good blocker, all of the, the traditional things that you want, kind of like Heath Miller was with Pittsburgh, but a late-round pick that could be as intriguing to me as a flex guy, Is uh, more of your receiver type, Jacob Peterson out of UL Monroe, whose dad is you know Doug Peterson, a former Eagles coach, and Peterson has very good acceleration, very good route running skills, and, and definitely knows where his hands are, but the, the, the issue you run into is Okay, well, you have Caden Smith, you have Rice and John. You've been working with who was a who was a wide receiver in college at Simon Frazier, and you're transitioning him into a what we call a flex tight end. So there's not really the space for the tight end position. Running back is unique. Um, Elijah Mitchell out of UL. uh, I'm sorry, University of Louisiana. I was about to say UL Lafayette, but that's blasphemy. University (laughs) of Louisiana. Um, And considering that. We got a, a raging Cajun on the on the you know coaching the the offensive line there in in you know with Big Blue, and Mitchell has the ability to be a home run player that can be a downfield threat in the passing game and also helps y'all as a returner. Um, has very good vision and footwork. He has the explosive element that you like from Saquon Barkley. So now if Barkley has to take a breather or two, you don't lose much with uh, Mitchell out there on the field. So that will be a name to watch in, in uh, late day two or early day three.
0: All right, Emery, final question. I'm putting you on the clock at number 11. The Giants select, go.
1: Whew. Uh, man, I, I kind of talked myself into Rashawn Slater now. You know, I kind of talked myself into him. Um, I will go Rashawn Slater, man. But it's hard for me, you know, to ignore Micah Parsons at that pick. Because he would give them a stud at the second level, uh, and we know there's there's studs in the secondary. There's a stud up, or two up front on the defensive line. They need a stud at the second level. And you know what? I'm changing my pick. I'm going Micah Parsons.
0: Ooh, Micah Parsons is Emory Hunt's pick. All right, all right. I I see your logic there. I I again. I'm going to do my final mock draft uh, this week. And, um, geez, I, I, I'll it's tell you tough. what, this has been a real tough one to, to, to forecast, I got to admit.
1: It was very tough.
0: Yeah, for sure. But uh, it's going to be interesting um, as we get closer to the draft. And we are literally days away. Emery, before we let you go, tell everybody where they can find your work and what you got going on before the draft and, and during the draft.
1: They can follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan. You can pick up my draft guide at footballgameplancom slash 2021 draft guide over 580 prospects graded. You're talking about over 600 pages, full color pages on as a PDF. And it lets you know about virtually every prospect in the draft and also guys that may get signed as free agents or may find themselves in and out of the roster on. The practice squad or during training camp during the preseason, so it's a really good informative gift uh, or get for you. You would have known who Rice and John was last year because he was in the draft guide. You know, we talked about him had a whole scout report on him. So in Nick Lawless, we had a whole scout report on Nick Lalo's. That's the type of information you get in the get in the draft guide. And on day three of the the NFL draft, you can find me on CBS Sports HQ breaking down the picks because who better to talk day three draft prospects than myself who knows so much about the back end of the roster and guys that are be fighting for roster spots and playing special teams but guys that are going on day 3 hit us up on CBS Sports HQ and you'll see me out there in Cleveland talking about these prospects.
0: All right, sounds great Emory. Good luck to you on that. And Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you keep it here All week long on the Locked on Giants podcast tomorrow, we will have JJ Jackson, who is the host of Locked on Blue Devils. He's going to talk about the Duke prospects. And we're also going to touch a little bit on Auburn prospects. Uh, JJ has covered up,